That's pretty good. What do you think? She's from there. He's from here. Hanging together. We make quite a pair. She's left-handed. He's right-handed. Surely not to, to be, be disbanded. We, we are the Mighty Mounties. Mounties. With Josh Odyssey. And Michelle Christine. Oh, wow. So, uh, this is a special episode. We just hit the double digits. Yes, number ten. So we thought we'd do something extra special. Michelle's been digging around the Reddit forum. <laughs> as I like to do. And now she's found something for me to do as well. Mm-hmm. So we've done a couple uh, questions in different uh, subreddits. We did Ask Reddit. Then we did some that were in um, relationships, like our relationships. But I think what a lot of people like and what's cool about our dynamic being a boy and a girl is that I can ask uh, some questions for Ask Men on Reddit for Josh and then he can ask me some Ask Reddit questions for the Ask Women and then we can just pick questions that we're kind of curious what the other sex has to say about. Yeah, um, this will be very insightful. Yeah, good. I'm I'm really going to try to have some that embarrass you as well, potentially. It's, it's like that book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. Yeah. Because sometimes we are from different planets. I feel that way. Okay, so I'm, I'm re- I'm re- let's just jump right in, because there's a lot of good ones here, and I'm really excited. Okay, so I like this one. <laughs> Men of Reddit, a.k.a. Josh, how have you become more of a curmudgeon in the past five years? Well, first off, I think this is quite um, a big question for to be resting on my shoulders just for all men. But... That's <laughs> true. Um... I think I'm a, I'm a real breeze, so, you know... Oh, come I off I might it. have to... Come off it. I might have to wait no. a few years, a no, few decades, before I get anywhere near Kabudgeon status. I don't believe that at all. Okay, let's... There's got to be something that... that... I, don't, I don't tolerate incompetence very well. Okay. And that's something that you think has increased in the past five years? Yeah, I think as a kid, you're like... Well, maybe you don't even notice how inept some people are. But as you're an adult... You realise, like, come on, mate, just put some effort into it. It's like, if people just made an effort, you know? They just made an effort to, like, it's meant to be their job as well. That's always very frustrating. And that's something that my my dad, my stepdad always had. Mm. He kind of, like, I mean, not to any degree, he's lovely. I'm much more of a curmudgeon than him, I think, <laughs> in some aspects of it, especially around the quality of what people do. But now, you know, I'm trying to realise, like, got to be empathetic and maybe this isn't this person's favourite job. So. But what about, like, the weather? Have you gotten more curmudgeon about the fact that it's cold here during the winter or? Well, we got through this massive ice wall two years ago, the coldest winter in 100 years. And now the global warming's really helped not, it not be so cold here now in the UK. So that's a terrible thing. And I wouldn't want it to be that way, but... Humans only work through negative feedback. So I guess that's something that I could be a bit grumpy about as well. That humans won't save the world unless it's really important to their survival. Yeah, there's a few things that I'm a little bit curmudgeon about. <clears throat> I like that. That's a good curmudgeon thing. Okay, you can ask me. All right. Oh, wait, we can, we can also have veto power just in case. So there's a question you really, really, really don't want to answer. We can each have like one veto power. All right. Or more. All right, all right. Veto, I like the word. Okay. okay. So I wanted to know this because basically a lot of guys do this by accident and I see it and I'm like, dude, what are you doing? (laughs) The question is, what is something a lot of men do unintentionally that frightens you? Unintentionally that frightens me? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. 
Yeah, that's a tough one. I feel like most of the things that I, I interact with with guys, it's an intentional thing. You know, like sitting down at a table and then having someone ask for your number, like right out of the gate. I feel like that's very intentional. Like unintentional might be staring at you, like staring at you a lot from afar or something like that. That can creep you out for sure. What do you think? I don't know. So a lot of people have talked about the physical strength and uh, they're saying, uh, some guy said, oh, I had a gay friend uh, holding me down, tickling me. And it has scared me when I realised how powerless I would be if a man was actually trying to hurt me. Also gets on my nerves when he rarely says, do X or I'll tickle you. I think he says it like that. <laughs> yeah, that would be a bit scary. Yeah, for me, I, I don't pick up a lot of on, on subtle fear things that guys do. For the most part, guys don't really creep me out that much, so I guess I'm lucky. I, I, I say it when they're... I think a guy looking to hit on a girl that he's just met, that can be creepy. And uh, it can freak some women out. I mean, yeah. it's unnecessary. Why are you doing that? that? I think that's intentional. I don't think that's But they're not intentionally trying to freak her out. It's yeah. trying to get a date. Yeah. So his intention is complete opposite of what's, what's actually happening. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So. Okay. Men, what's an embarrassing phase you had? Oh. Um... I I was a very cool kid, so... Oh, God. Didn't you say you had, an, like, a moustache once, a regrettable moustache? <laughs> At uni. <laughs> so when I went to uni second time, I had big hair and a moustache, and I used to wear a big Tommy Hilfiger red jumper, and ladies loved it. So I was obviously doing something right. They must have thought it was such a, a joke that I must have been on a level, and that was the attraction. It was like, this guy... He must be fun. He's not even taking his appearance seriously. <laughs> Honestly, I would have loved to have known you in that phase. It would have been amazing. I went, it, was, it, was a good, it was a good time of my life. Oh, okay, you can ask me one now. I was drinking a lot back then. <laughs> How much is a lot? Oh, I don't know. But I, for me, I would just drink very quickly. Mm. So, I mean, there was a time when I went into uh, the club after we were drinking pints of vodka and, and beers and stuff. Pints of vodka? Yeah, crazy. What? I don't drink vodka anymore. I'm a bit oh allergic. Oh, God. I don't know why. But then we went into the club and then uh, I just just took up this uh, friend of the group and I was like, oh, should we do shots? And we did like 15 shots at the bar. <gasps> oh, my God. Crazy, huh? How are you not dead? I know. That's why I had to stop. Yeah, jeez. Okay. There's some really girly questions in here, like... What are your favorite hair care skin products? Oh God! Do you want to hear that? No. What is that? That's that's not interesting at all. Okay, so question here, which I think Catherine Ryan would be able to answer because she was in this facility. Oh, Hooters. Yeah, she worked as a Hooters waitress herself. How do waitresses feel at a Hooters? But I think actually, how do women feel? If you've been to a Hooters or some sort of environment like that. Yeah, I've been to Hooters. There's a Hooters on Hollywood Boulevard, and I did some comedy shows there, actually. And I mainly just felt embarrassed that uh, I wasn't there to spend money and tip the waitresses. Because I feel like if, you, if you're if you working at a Hooters, 
you want to at least get some good money out of those outfits, you know? And all the comedians were just, like, buying, like, a pop and, like, tipping a buck. So I don't think, you know, my experience was more just, like, I feel bad for these girls for how little money they're making off of me having to dress in those orange shorts. So, but, like, I don't know how... I I wouldn't want to go there, like, on a family outing for, like, chicken wings, you know? It'd be weird. I wouldn't want to see my dad hitting on a Hooters girl. That would creep me out. Your dad wouldn't do that. He would. He oh. would for sure. A hundred percent. Well, in Spanish. <laughs> if they were Spanish, he would definitely do it in Spanish. My he dad, loves to speak Spanish. He loves to speak Spanish. He loves Spanish women. Those are kind of his uh, his tastes and preferences. But yeah, it's been weird. As I've gotten older, um, my dad's been more liberal with hitting on my friends. And I think it's because yeah. we're getting older and he's getting older. Like he's not going to do it when they're 18, you know, when he was younger. But like he's going to do it now, you know. Well, this is one of the first things I learned about you because you share this in your show, mm-hmm. don't you? About his, about all of your family and their different kind of lives, and he he loves he loves a certain uh, type Cubans. of lady. Cubans, yeah, Cubans specifically. Okay. He's married a Cuban lady, and now he's uh, quote unquote dating one. So here we are. Okay, is okay. is it you or me? It's is me you? now. Okay, have you ever gotten over your first love? If so, how? I don't think a man ever does, mm. <laughs> but um, it is real tricky. It it does hold a special place in your heart, and um, but then if you just revisit them, you realize like maybe how how you've grown in different ways. So, I I had a call with with the ex that from back in the day that you know I loved, and she's just a bit neurotic. And I, back in the day, I was being this kind of hero figure, being the solution for that in that relationship, and that was great. But nowadays, I realise that's a bit of an energy vampire. I need to be around good energy people. So you make the smart choices in life if you want to. And I, I think that I like one of the first comments that, that on this. They wrote, your first love will feel like your last, and your last love will feel like the first. Got, yeah, that's kind of cute. Got over my first love by falling in love again. And then every the next person wrote, every woman I loved left her mark on me for good uh, or bad. I would not have it any other way. So, Is that a sexual thing? Okay. What? Okay. Well, all right. Moving on. Yeah, moving on. Um, so here, here is a declaration. You have 15 words to say to your one that got away, what are they? It's kind of appropriate to what you just said. <laughs> 15 words. I have to maybe make Okay, sure whatever. Just this. make one sentence. Well, one se- I, I, That's 15 words. You think it? so? A um, long sentence. Um, the one that got away, what would I say to them? Make sure you wash still. Make sure you wash still. No, um, maybe you can say something like, I wish you all the best. I think fondly of our time together. Well, at least it's not generic. (laughs) Fuck you. Fuck you. What are you supposed to say? Like, I don't know. I'm not going to say something crazy. Like, uh, I think that the only person in the back of my mind that that would apply to, that's exactly how I feel. So, um... Yeah, I do think about a few times of... I don't imagine our life together, though. That's the thing. I really do just wish they're happy. I think that the people that leave a mark on you, but that you actually really care about them, like, you just want them to be happy. I think most people feel that way, you know? I, I, don't, I don't pine over them in any way, shape, or form, so... Well, that's good. Yeah. Okay. What are some creepy things women have done to you? 
this is the thing, and I think there's a kind of a double standard, and I know we deserve it as guys because we live in a man-driven world, so it's, it's fair enough. But when we get away with way more stuff, just because they're kind of like the free energy and they're the fun stuff, and they'll do stuff like take off their shoe and put it on their head in the club, and everyone thinks that's funny. If a guy does it, that, then he's a weirdo, mm. you know? They can get away with, like, loads of shit, yeah. loads of stuff. But what have they done that's creepy? I think any time a woman is kind of stalking a guy and giving him too much, like trying to get him to be attractive to her, that's always weird for a guy. And I think that's actually kind of the only exception. This guy, well, the top comment on here was that a girl created a fake MySpace of him and would comment with that MySpace on her pictures saying they were dating. That's some next level shit right there. It's like Justin Bieber level. It's terrifying. Hopefully that is Justin Bieber. On Reddit. It's good to see him on here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I've got a question here. Okay. Some of these are getting a little bit leading, but um in the Ask Women uh Reddit section. And this one is just what's wrong? Oh man. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, I that I am There's another one on here. Oh gosh, but anyway. What's wrong? Yeah, that's, I don't even know how to go about answering that. I mean... So there's another question okay. on here, which is another leading kind of question. Okay. Which is like, how did you get ahead in your career? By performing an amazing uh, performance in my job, <laughs> as required. Like, why would it be anything else? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's all I've done. I've never... I've never. Thank God there's never been a casting coach. Uh, who knows? Maybe my career would have been much farther ahead if there was. But no, I just... Uh, yeah, I work hard and I try to create opportunities for myself. Okay, uh, what is the sexiest thing you've witnessed? Well, personally? Yeah. Oh, I went to Hooters once. <laughs> Someone was chatting up a girl in Spanish. Oh, yeah. No. That's funny. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I think the sexiest things happen to between you and your partner, don't they? Yeah, so it's kind definitely. of pri- private. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's British cool. privacy comes yes, up here. That's totally fine. Um, okay. Have you ever dealt with... Oh, no, it's your turn now, I guess. Okay. Um, I feel What, like, what constitutes as manly to you? That's a question on mm. I think that people that kind of, like, can fix stuff. If a guy can fix your car or can, like, build a cool, like, shed in the backyard and that sort of thing, I think that's pretty stereotypically manly to me. I think uh, someone said, when someone says, I'm a man... That's manly. Yeah, I think I think I'm going through a lot more good juicy stuff on mine. Every every question I read, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Like, how important are male friendships? All right. <laughs> um, I think all friendships are really important. I think we talked about check out our relationships episode. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever number that was, seven or something. I don't know. But um, it's really people in your life. Are most likely to bring you the most happiness for most people, in the, and so any friendship's important, male or female. And this whole when Harry met Sally thing, you can't have a you can't have an attraction between sorry not attraction you can't have a friendship between the opposite sex mm. if you're heterosexual. I think that's wrong. And just as just the same as you have your manly friends, you have your female friends, and you know, just control your urges, man. Okay, you can ask me one, but if not, I have another one. What supposedly, supposedly childish things do you still do or like? 
Oh, man. Well, there's I, a lot, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, there's tons. See, when we get away with more. <laughs> I love playing Mario Party. That's probably Ooh. one of my favorite things to do. started when I was probably like... It's a party. Mario Party. Uh, I started at 12. I'll still play now. I will. I love playing. It's one of my favorite things. I'm also a bit silly. Like, I, I think I enjoy playing with kids. Like, there's sometimes snack, like not for four hours, but I enjoy like building Lego with them. I enjoy driving little cars around with them. I enjoy picking them up and swinging them. Like just, I don't know. There's, it's very freeing being a kid. So I enjoy all the things that take me back there. Don't you play on the kiddies basketball court? <laughs> that true? Well, yeah. I mean, I, w- I was playing the other day a uh, basketball with this person that was not a child. Um, so, oh, they challenged you. Yeah. Well, How did that go? But, well, I mean, it was fun up until. Um, uh, one of the kids, uh, his ball, a little soccer oh, ball, came. No, no, yeah, no, no, soccer no. ball came onto our side of the court, <laughs> and I just, I just saw the look on Josh's face as he was about to kick this ball back to this kid, and I was like, "That's not a look of calmly kicking the ball," and he just kicked it. And it was so hard. And then the kid looked scared and like went right through the kid's legs, in between them, kind of knocking off each leg. And he's like, "Yeah." Um, I was aiming for the goal. He was aiming for the goal, but. But I just play basketball now, so it's been a while. Oh, man. He was happy. Like a minute later, he was running yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it with didn't his grandpa. Hit him in the face or anything exactly. like that. Exactly. I but didn't it, knock him over. It anything. was just definitely like, I was like, no, I saw it in slow motion. I was like, that is a menacing look on Josh's face right now. Not a calm look. Not a calm look. Okay, what do you miss about being a younger man? I don't think I can answer that. Why not? Well... Just for I am, I'm Oh, my God. I don't think you miss anything. I, this is something which uh, as one of my mentors is sharing. Okay. And he, he's saying that, you know what? When, when you, when, even when you're in your 40s, you feel great. If you looked after your health. But one thing that he did, importantly, was to get on the health, health train. Mm. Because he was overweight. He didn't have good um, activity habits. He wasn't yeah. working out. So he had to get a trainer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's wealthy enough to do that. Yeah. But just someone that's holding him accountable. So it could be a gym buddy. I need that if I want to go gym. Yeah. I, I won't go to the gym at all if it's just me. But if I have a gym buddy, I'll go every day, mm-hmm. back to back. That's what we did at uni. So you got to find what makes that experience enjoyable. For me, gym, someone else has got to be there. Yeah. For me, running, I like to run on my own. Other people... They like to run with other people. They need run buddies. Mm-hmm. That's cool. For me, it's like a solitary experience. It's more a meditative thing. But, we, you know, we had a little run anyway. We did a little jog. Because they said it was funny yesterday. We, both, we, had, we were both in really good moods. And I read this thing on Reddit that said, like, you know, jogging for, like, 15 minutes uh, makes you, like, happier than if you meditated or relaxed for 15 minutes. And then so, like, yesterday we were just like, let's just jog. And then, like, at the end of the day, we're like, wow, today was so great. And we're like, maybe it's that freaking jog that we had. And maybe it was. We just kept that positive energy flowing. We did. We did. Okay, is it you or me? I can't remember. It's you, I think. Okay. What would you say is the single most pivotal moment in your life? This one. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I don't know. Like That's okay if you don't want to answer that I, or can't. I, I, I do want to answer this. Okay. It's aspects of, like, a lot of people, like, like a lot of, uh, you know, growing up as a kid at school, mm-hmm. people think that's... That's always the biggest part of your life. Mm-hmm. And then you get to uni and you think that's the biggest part of your life. And then you get to your first job and you think that's the biggest part of your life. It's all really important. But, like, the best thing is to realize, like, when you look back on things, it's not as big as you as you once thought, you know. Mm-hmm. And 
that's the growth and progress that you're always going to have in life. And don't worry, especially don't worry if you're not getting grades at school or you're not doing things. You're just, just not doing the right thing. Just get out there and taste other things. Seriously, like that is the most powerful thing that you could do. And not, not to think of things as being most pivotal. People yeah. might say marriage and yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. rubbish shit like that. Mm. <laughs> you know, but you just got to just put things in perspective. Life is long. Mm. Life is long. So my question okay. to you All right. on here. Are you ready? Yes. What's something you do to make yourself happy? <laughs> uh, Not that. Okay. Um, I would say... I would say, like, spending time with people that I enjoy. Um, and, yeah, doing stuff that I enjoy. And maybe just, like, listening to my gut. I think a lot of times if I, like, I'm I, doing... Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, do, if I'm just doing stuff that I feel like is not in alignment with, like, what, like, my deep desires are inside, like, that makes me unhappy. So, yeah, just, like, cutting out the toxic people and then focusing my energy on, like, what I feel inside is, like, the best things to do moving forward. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, when you say doing stuff you enjoy, you're not really answering the question. Like, what, what examples of that? Okay, um, I like to do comedy. I also like to uh, create. Creating makes me really happy. I would say, yeah, that's probably, like, the top. That's great. We like to create. We so do. That's why we love doing this. That's exactly right. Uh, some, someone put a list here, and I think one of these is going to going to alarm you. All right. Okay, so I'll go through them and see which one kind of stands out to you. All right. Sit quietly on my phone and just relax. Play or relax with my dogs. Okay. Listen to music loudly. Oh. Uh, <laughs> go places that are fun or interesting. Okay, I like that you mentioned that one because this does. So I don't know if any of you guys out there are apartment dwellers, but I found in my life, no matter where I move, if it's an apartment, I'm always living adjacent to somebody who loves playing like loud techno music at odd hours of the day. I don't know how it is. I have a magnet for it. And it's like, what I don't understand is if it, if it's early in the morning, if it's before 10 o'clock in the morning, why are you not using headphones? Like what, what goes through your mind when you think, you know what, I love Tiesto, which is fine. So do I. But what goes through your mind when you wake up at eight o'clock in the morning and think, you know, it's a great idea to blast techno music in this apartment building. I don't get it. I think it's rude. Just put on some headphones. Like what's so bad about wearing headphones? Christ almighty. Yeah. Beats by Dre didn't come around by accident, yeah. you know. They're cool, bro. I put them on. Yeah, so I just I don't I don't understand doing that because I I'm not the type of person that would ever want to wake somebody up or keep somebody up by how I live in an apartment. I, I I don't know that that makes me red in the face, red in the face. But yes, I I do understand listening to loud music is fun at times, but th these are the type of people that are ruining apartment living. For <laughs> okay, well, some some person's happiness can be another person's unhappiness. Mm -hmm. So be respectful, people, please. Yeah. Where those uh, headphones of other makes are available. What are some legitimate reasons to stay home from work for a few days? I think if uh, if I'm feeling a bit overworked, mm -hmm. a bit down, yeah, I want a bit of variety. I want to get back to creative juices. I want to like do other things. Um, any reason really? Like I'm very because I'm self-employed. That's that's amazing because I can. Be, I'm not. I just talked to my boss and he's very lenient. <laughs> Say, look, you know, you've been working 28 days every single month for like 12 months straight. How about you take one more off? 
that's so funny. I am also self-employed. And so sometimes when I'm tired, I'm just like, oh man, you know, it'd be great if my boss wasn't such a bitch and worked me so hard. <laughs> she she is pretty crazy. She gets you on that bike all the time. She's like, no, you've got to go off. you got to go off to Romania now. You've got to go off to Bulgaria and Hungary. Get on that bike. Oh God. Yeah, I know. She was a real slave driver. I don't know if that's a appropriate term anymore but yeah she uh she, she definitely uh, pushed me very hard to my limits she uh used that whip yeah she did she did indeed all right it's my question okay how do you make your significant other see your point of view during an argument without being abrasive or angry Ooh, i like that one because that one is very it is very difficult and i think one thing that you can do um if you really wanted to have a constructive conversation with somebody about something you might not agree with is wait until you're both in really good moods um because i find that if you like a lot of times people when they're starting to argue about something because they've gotten into that argument track then they start like doubling down and layering other things and adding it to that argument because they're just in that mindset and it's only going to lead to like defensiveness and stonewalling and that sort of thing. So if you have like something a little bit more tough that you want to discuss with your partner, like wait till you're in good moods, try to um, look through their eyes when you're speaking and uh, and just approach it calmly. I think that can make a world of difference because like when I'm zombie Michelle, if I haven't gotten a good night's sleep or something like that, I'm going to have the worst responses to something stressful so you just got to wait till you're in the, in the right mindset. And I think it'll, it makes for so much better communication. Oh, my goodness. I agree. And I think it's important to remember the positive attributes of, of that person and why you're together and, and keep that top of your list when you're going in about this little detail because so many people get into arguments over silly things yeah. and ruin, ruin their relationships totally. when, when they didn't even mean it, you know? And I read this thing too that that said that like once you have like a bad like um a bad turn in a relationship, it's very easy for that to just like start like a ball rolling and it gains momentum and momentum and momentum. Like if you start gaining good momentum, like you were watching a lot of that Survivor, and we have these two. There was two people. They're called Shanella. It was Shawnee and Fanella, and they just hit it off right from the get go, and then just things started rolling and it just started getting closer and closer and closer and closer until now they're like besties. And, you know, she was devastated when they got, when one of them got voted out. And so I think the same works with relationships where, you know, if something starts going badly, it's really easy to get worse and worse and worse. Cause it's just like a ball rolling down a hill and you have to actively make sure that you stop pushing it that way and start pushing it the other way. So you really have to come at it with like a, your head screwed on straight when you're dealing with a, a stressful situation where you might disagree. I like this question. I'm going to say it to you. Have you ever dealt with a friend or significant other who refused to help themselves? How did it affect your relationship? Well, I think it's a lot of people. And, you know, a lot of people go through this mindset that everything they learn at school, and they weren't even paying attention to most of it anyway, that's all they need. Or uni. Wherever their education finishes, that's it. And maybe you weren't a great learner. Maybe you learn in a different way. Many other things, but too many people think that. And then there's so many things that you don't get taught. And we did our education episode, so check that out. But self-awareness, empathy, they're kind of kind of important emotional intelligence aspects. These are important things. So if you don't have them, you're kind of in trouble. And I think people can get in a real blocked state. So... You know, um, 
Well, I had a friend that also had um, a bit of a drinking problem, and it was starting to affect not only their their schoolwork, but their their personal relationships, and it was affecting their own health, mental health, and. Oh, yeah. You know, it was really hard for me because I tried to keep, I, I tried to be supportive and, and be there, but eventually I had to just be honest and say, look, yeah. you know, I feel like you're on this train and the train is heading into a brick wall yeah. and I can see it heading there and I don't want it to head there and I don't want you to crash into that wall, but you know, it's there and I just yeah. need you to know that I feel like that's where you are right now. And, you know, later on when he started cleaning up and stuff, he really appreciated the fact that I had, I was honest, you know? Uh, because a lot of people are afraid to tell people things that aren't just warm and fuzzy and cuddly and wonderful, like telling people how it is or or the the real reality of the danger of their choices. You know, I think it's important to do that eventually if nothing else is working, right? And and there's a saying that I live by now because I've tried to help a lot of people and some people either can't do it or won't do it or they just want the attention that you give them for trying to help them. And it's, if you love someone, you have to let them go. And some people just can't change that habit. It's a substitute for some sort of harm that they had when they were younger. And they don't want to deal with that trauma. And that's like, okay, fair enough. They want to do that. But they're always going to repeat that happen. Uh, sorry, repeat that pattern. And it's going to happen that they're going to either be whatever the result of that habit is, that negative habit is, they could be overweight, they could be abusive themselves, they could be perpetuating abuse in their lives, and it could affect their relationships, and they don't have as many friends, and then they're complaining about not having friends to the people that were like, oh, I was considering you as a friend, <laughs> but now you're complaining. Yeah. So yeah. there's some people that they don't really, like, they don't really want to do the work, or they don't realise that there's work to be done on the emotional side of things. And, you know, you've got to work on that. You've got to work on yourself. If you want to be a better person, if you want to be more open and more connected with more people, you, you've got to be more available. Mm. You've got to be more patient. You know, patience is a big thing in relationships. And also, you know, giving people second chances. I know that I, I've cost myself a lot by not doing that. And I've realised, oh, okay, you know what? Humans are, are fallible. Mm. And they're not perfect. And I've got to be more patient with people. And then actually, you know, they'll come back around and they have grown a little bit. Maybe not as much as I wanted, but I've got to drop the curmudgeon in. <laughs> I was going to say that might link up to the curmudgeon Okay, cool. I think it's on you. But if you don't have one, I have another one that I would like to ask. Okay. I think this is a big one for oh, you. A oh, uh, big realisation. Okay. Uh, how do you deal with work-related stress? Uh, yeah, that is a good one. So I, I definitely found that I was actually getting some unfortunate like physical side effects of being a bit overworked um, whether it be like a little bit of chest pain or uh, difficulty like sleeping or getting back to sleep if I wake up and so one thing that I tried to do was do like a breathing exercises so you breathe in slowly for six seconds you hold it for 12 seconds and then you breathe out slowly for six seconds just to kind of try to like do almost like a little bit of meditative breathing just to kind of calm you down and then I also um, started um, even doing things like, uh, like closing your eyes and like thinking about your problems, but then thinking of you like floating away from your problems and stuff, like almost doing a little bit of like subconscious or unconscious, like, um, I don't know if it's meditative is the right term, but training. So that was kind of cool. Like that's the NLP stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then doing a bit of, um, exercise, you know, getting out and exercising and having fun. And I also, um, to to had a little bit of like downtime in the st- in the sense of not riding a motorcycle every day like i had 
two months of motorcycling, one month of a crazy fringe festival, three weeks of crazy motorcycling. And then for the past like week or so, I've just been focusing on sleeping better, eating better, and um, putting my body through less uh, physical tolls. And uh, I think that it's, it's really starting to, to work. So that's great. Yeah, so um, for anyone that doesn't know, NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming, and it's a this is amazing kind of uh, psychological techniques that you can use to tap into the unconscious mm. and to address kind of those issues that I kind of mentioned before about like maybe some sort of harm that that people have received or a significant emotional event that they're holding on to in their childhood, which is affecting who they're showing up as now. And there's nice little processes in there that allow you to kind of distance yourself from it and 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 just become uh, just emotionally detached from from what you might have been holding on to because your unconscious is, is holding on to these things as your inner child is there. Anyway, I didn't want to get too Freudian. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think you're, with your work told, you should probably talk to that boss bitch of yours. She seems... Uh, yeah. Be, be on your tail yeah yeah she is but no I think it's good to just recognize the the reasons that you're feeling that way and then you do have to start taking some of the stuff off of your plate so if you're worrying about 10 different things all the time well what are the most important things you need to focus on and like let go of the other things because I've begun to realize if if taking on too much results in me being overwhelmed or stressed and then it makes my sleep bad I start becoming less productive and all I want to do is be productive so if that means cutting a few things off or taking them off your plate to then allow your mind and body and soul to be more aligned and and energized then that's more important because that productivity will increase and that's really what you want to have happen in the first place okay let's do another question um how early in a date do you call it that's going to be an interesting one. I mean, I haven't dated in a really long time. I don't know how often you like go on like dates, but have you ever remembered being on, say, like a date or maybe a fr- even just like what could be a date, but maybe it's a bit of like a friendship outing. And then you just realize that you and that person are just not not going to work. Um, I don't know. Like, I think we kind of tend to date differently than mm. what you what. I know it's kind of changed with all these Tinder apps and dating apps and things mm. like that. So you, people are doing more kind of um I, I it's almost blind dates i guess because you got you get like partial information don't you? you get to see their photos and then they turn up and they've got 20 extra pounds on <laughs> and they, they're a bit older yeah um uh so yeah i guess that's happening more and it, maybe it's filtering in but when i was dating you know guys go out they drink it and then you like you pull some girl that's how it works. Mm. And then you go on a date. And you're not going to pull a girl you're not into. Yeah. So it always worked where you already have the attraction. Yeah. So it's not even going to be an issue. That's like, true. Unless, yeah. But I think I think what you're talking about is going semi-blind. Mm. And then this person, at any point, look, with any point in any relationship where it's not kind of working, uh, you know, you could give that person a chance and say, hey, can we, can we try talking about something else? Can we try doing something else? But if it's not working, save yourself by time. Life's only so, you know, I say, I say life's long, but also you've got to make the most of what the life, life there is because sometimes life's short as well. So mixed messages here, but, you know, I, I, I just added a friend and his uh, saying on his Facebook was like, um, find what you love and do more of it, fuck everything else. <laughs> uh, I think that's a good mantra. <laughs> and I, I didn't think it was a date, but I did um, 
get kind of like a tour guide in London who was like, oh yeah, like come and I'll take you for like a nice like hike. And I was like, oh, this sounds great. And it was like one of the dullest experiences of my life. Like it, no picnic. Well, no, no picnic. And then we sat down in like the, like a forested area and then he's just like, yeah, I think I am starting to become kind of like an incel. And that's like, you know, those kind of people that are involuntarily celibate and starting to get a bit of hostility towards women for not wanting to like sleep with him. But like, honestly, the vibes he was giving off, like, I was just like, shoot, I don't really, I just, I got to get out of this situation like ASAP. And, uh, but yeah, no, I, I just feel like if there's, if there's no chemistry uh, between two people, yeah, just call it. There's nothing wrong with just being like, hey, you know what? This coffee was great, but like, I'm just not feeling this right now. And just being like, you know, good luck. <laughs> like, just get out of there. Okay, I've got a question. It's on me, right? Yep. I've got a question which uh, has been brigaded. What does so that mean? The comments are locked for now. Oh. It's kind of linked to what you're mentioning. So, how would you deal with a lover that didn't want to have sex? Well, I mean, I've dealt with that plenty. Um, and I mean, you just have to be patient. There's like, especially with girls. I mean, we, I mean, guys need to have a certain thing for sex to happen. So if it's not, if they're not in the mood, like it's just not going to happen. I think, I think as, as women, a lot of times, like, well, maybe not like a hundred percent in the mood, but you're like, well, you know, I'm just like a reciprocal, you know, I'm just like, I'm a, I'm an entryway to something else. So, I mean, take, if you're not in the mood, you can still be that entryway, you know? Um, so it's kind of on guys a little bit more for, uh, for mood when it comes to that sort of thing. So I'm just patient. I mean, I have, I have, you we all have an ability to love ourselves, I guess you could say. So, you know, if a guy's not in the mood, you know, just, you just do it to yourself, like after they fall asleep or something. Lovely. <laughs> There are toys out there for everyone. You don't even need toys. You just oh. need good imagination and your hand. Okay, moving on. Yeah. Okay. Um, what was the last time? Oh, no, I don't like that one. Oh, here we go. What can girls do to make themselves look pretty? Work on their personality. Mm-hmm. I think inner beauty is underrated in this world. Otherwise, plastic surgery. Mm. No, <laughs> I love how that's that's just a, an agreement now. Like we we've come so far into this thing. I would say anyone in their twenties don't get nice plastic surgery. You know, unless unless you're being an actress and you have to adjust like uh, your your facial uh, a significant facial aspect to you for long term. But this is what happened with um, is it Dirty Dancing? Yeah, yeah. the actress in that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so she was kind of like. She was the first, or the first one that I remember that was the whole kind of, she's she's all that kind of girl where you're like, oh, she's really pretty, but she's she's been put in spectacles or whatever. She kind of looks kind of uh, mousy or whatever. And yeah. then she blossoms into this wonderful performer and everyone's clapping and no one puts baby in the corner. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace, uh, Patrick Swayze, mm. R.I.P. So that's great. She, like, had this big stardom, and then she had an operation to change her nose, but it was too late. Everyone already knew her with the nose. Yep. So she's got a great nose now, but no career. Yeah. So it's gone the other way. Yeah. So that in itself shows you people want to associate with what they recognize. So, you know, you've got to do stuff that 
that makes you comfortable and makes you happy as an individual. And I think anything that has got natural natural qualities to being healthy as well as looking good, that's going to be good for you. Like putting good stuff on your skin, doing good stuff for, you, for your body and your hair. Rather than like the amount of plasticides in these uh, ha- hairspray products, it was shocking. Um, it's not good for us. A lot of people are like losing their hair or it's affecting their body parts or their skin or whatever. We're putting too many products on ourselves. And like I saw this great uh, girl from behind and then, you know, when she turned around, her face was just covered in mascara and, you know, all this, yeah. all this kind of clay on her face. Mm. And she's this young girl and like, don't need any of that. Yeah, I know. That's the funny thing is there's so many people that are young and beautiful and they end up masking it with so many layers of makeup. But I think the comments actually are pretty good. Uh, one of the comments on this one was be in shape, you know. Uh, someone Just wrote, be in shape, okay? Yeah. Someone wrote uh, to me, you know, someone's the most beautiful through personality. So being interesting, confident, open-minded, funny, kind is what I would find the most attractive. And I think those are great qualities. Interesting, confident, open-minded, funny, and kind. Well, we saw an important book yesterday because... Uh, for those of you who don't follow my Instagram stories, Josh is on the sea, you know, Instagram. You have to spell it. It makes it easy. J-O-S-H-S-O-D-Y-S-E-Y. There we go. Why don't you give it a try? J-O-S-S-O... Whoa, whoa, whoa. You missed an H. What are you doing? J-O-S-H, that's Josh. S, Josh is. Yeah. Odyssey. O-D-Y-S-E-Y. Why don't you give it a try? Cool, cool. I like it. Um, okay, yeah. but anyway, on there. You're so friendly about that. <laughs> on, 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 on my Instagram, I share about this awesome thing that I found, which is the Bookshare. Mm. This makes me happy, you know, because people kind of, you know, you get bored in your train journey, and there's always these stupid crossovers with my, with my railway lines. So you go in, and then you can pick up a book, and you can drop a book off, and you mm. can share them. It's kind of like a free library. And then yesterday, I was like, oh, let's go in. Let's go have a look at the what's in the bookshare today, and we saw this one, this one book that was really relevant to us. Yeah, which was stay thin. Yeah, and it was like, how do you stay thin like long term? Like habits on staying thin long term. And Josh and I, if you've ever seen us in person, we are rather thin, so it's just like a ridiculous thing for us to have. But the answer is have a high metabolism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that's the answer. Okay. Um. Okay. So my question. Okay. What is the most disturbing movie you've seen? It scarred you for life. I've got one. Clockwork Orange. Really? Yeah. He actually damaged his eyes from that. You know that scene where he's, they're holding his eyes open? Oh, my God. And he's seeing those Im- images on the movie? Because mm. Kubrick was such a perfectionist. Yeah. He did that for like eight hours straight oh or something. Oh, my God. And it's only like a five-minute scene. But he kind of affected his... His sight as a result, pretty crazy, huh? Yeah, I felt like so. I the first thing I ever saw with my mom, like the like the three D thing, was um, it was like a Christmas movie, and my mom said that she's like never quite been the same after watching it. We were pretty close to the front row, and it was like the first time she'd ever seen like a three D movie, and it was kind of when it was like in its infancy in like the animated stage. So it definitely had times where you know you kind of feel like you know you're having that like almost like motion sickness. And I, mean, my, I feel bad because my mom's like, I've never quite been the same after watching that movie with you. Oh, I'm trying to remember. It'll come to me eventually. Santa Claus. <laughs> no. Anyway. No, I think Tom um, Hanks was in it, but it was like an oh, okay. animated one. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Da Vinci Code, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, that's not animated. That's, that's blown some people's minds. But the first one 
Because I, I think we kind of forget when we're kids. Mm. But the first one that was really disturbing was Bambi. I mean, when you're a kid, you watch that, you cry your eyes oh, out. Yeah, you, that's true. Your, mama, your mother dies yeah. in the first third of the movie. Yeah. Now Bambi's on his own. Oh, my God, but from a hunter. This is terrible. But, I mean, he needed uh, to eat, so, you know. I Land think. Before Time was sad. Did you ever watch that one? They're friends. Separated. No, there was di- they were di- dinosaurs. Uh, yeah, they oh, get friends. Oh. That was really They get sad. separated, don't they? They find each other. Anyway, I don't want to give it away. <laughs> Nala. She's fun, isn't it? Well, maybe that's like. What are you just saying? I want to answer. Okay, 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 okay. Go ahead. So that was the kids level. Okay, okay. Now, the ad- adult level, what's the, sca- what's the movie you watched that scarred you for life? It would be this French movie called Irreversible. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Irreversible is really well shot because you see the segments are cut, a bit like uh, memento, uh, is it? Oh, memento? memento, yeah, the guy yeah. with the tattoos. So it's get shot in reverse. Mm. You get to see it in reverse. Mm-hmm. Anyway, these people go in a club and you see this guy. They get into a fight. He takes this fire hydrant. He stoves this guy's head in. You see this guy's skull being caved in and an actual impression go in. Oh, it's man. really messed up. And then you're like... I'm going to have to watch the rest of this to see why this guy's caved this guy's head in. I've kind of forgotten why, but I always remember that scene. And that scarred me. Okay, okay, I'll, I'll tell you something. But like, this is All right, is this, 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 this off the pod or...? No, this is a bit X-rated. I thought this is PG. Oh. No, it's not PG. So, okay, so this movie, this is actually the probably the truest answer for me. So this movie, my parents rented it from the library, right? Because you can get free rentals back in the day. Lovely. And I was like pretty young. I was probably like... Free. Eight. 11 or 12 at the time. And so they rented this movie called Gallo Glass. Gallo Glass. Okay, sounds pretty... Whatever, Gallo... What could it possibly be about? And it had a sex scene in it. And um, it was the first time I'd ever seen a sex scene in my life, in my life. And a guy was, like, sucking on the girl's boobs. And just as a child, I was like, whoa, what is going on? And I kind of enjoy that myself. And I realized the root of that is from that fucking movie. It, like, came on me. Like, I like I had this realization, like, maybe, like, six months ago. I'm like, why do I like it when this happens? And I was like, it was from freaking Gallo Glass. So, like, the things that you, they do leave markers on you these things yeah i'm thinking about the end scene in seven what's in the box what's in the box oh my gosh anyway i think any movie can be uh, harrowing if you just watch it without enough exposure so like if i said to my mom just one word gallo glass she'd be like oh my god like it's like literally it was like it was it's like famous saying gallo glass in my family from how crazy that my parents were just mortified but we just sat in silence and watched the whole thing like if that ever happened to you where you're oh watching a movie with your parents and there's like a sex scene you're like oh for the love of god i think i, think I was watching a uh, american pie the first one come out mm. and we were watching it as a family yeah and I'm like, oh my god! But I tell you, tell you one thing: we were watching, and um, and uh, we we're watching. I'm watching it with me, my parents, and my younger sister, right? And it's called Wicked. I think it's called Wicked. Uh, no, it's called Witches. Sorry. Okay. And it's a story written by Roald Dahl. Anyway, what you see is that you get these gathering old ladies, and then they're all in a meeting room, and then these witches that that hate children, mm. and then they're like, okay, everyone. Show your true selves, and they pull off their skin, and then these horrible kind of figures come out, like these scary, like vulture kind of things pop out mm. of, and they're like horrible witches, obviously. Yeah. And then uh, my mum just checks in, like, "Oh, what do you think of this movie?" 
And I'm saying, I don't know about my sister, but right now, I'm terrified. <laughs> <laughs> so, probably not a good thing that she's younger and watching this. But my sister watched The Terminator when she was five. Because I was watching it. And she wanted to be, like, hang out with me. Jurassic Park. How did I forget? That's my favourite movie of all time. And I didn't... Come on, it wasn't even on the list. Come on. Oh, my God. So I saw Jurassic Park with my family for the first time in the theatres in Florida. And I was, like, a kid. And then my sister was older than me. But she got so scared that she had to leave the theatre with my mom. And then I would watch it with my dad. And do you know that scene where the girl goes to turn on the power again? And uh, obviously the... In the car. No, like, oh, no, no, when she gets electrocuted, well, climbing the fence. Yeah, well, no, this was like when she went into that big, kind of almost like bunker type area where oh. Samuel L. Jackson had gone. So she okay. presses the buttons and then goes to like pull down the thing. And then she's like, I did it. And then she sees his arm. And I was like, oh, my God, Dad, I think there's a raptor down here. And my dad's like, no, there's not a raptor. And then that was at the age where you believe blindly everything your parents have to say because they're just the all-knowing. And then when that raptor jumped out, I screamed audibly in the theater. I was so surprised. Screamed. So, and then when I saw it again 25 years later because they came out with it again and they re-released it. And just even sitting in that theater hearing that music it took me right back it was one of the coolest like memories of just like being drawn back into the past just sitting in a theater watching Jurassic Park again so great anyway what are you just starting uh what are you just now starting to realize about life oh yeah well I think I think it's more about what you make it so a lot of people have got a perception that you've got to be on a certain rigmarole, a certain nine to five, a certain way of life. And you can do that. It's fine if you want it. Cool. You don't have to do that. And with these wonderful devices in our hands, there's so many more, so many more opportunities. And I'm realizing like, you know, um, I think when you're younger, you always think, oh, I've got to have a friendship group like I see on a sitcom or on a, on a movie. Everyone's friendly and there's loads of them. But you don't. You just choose. Like, if you find one great friend, that's amazing. If you find multiple, that's great. Um, And you can always... And if you haven't got any, go out and explore and find that more. You know, if you want more in life, you just go out and explore. I want to get that to rhyme at some point. But, like, if you want more, go out and explore. I think that's a big thing. You can always get more. You can always find more, you know, in all the good stuff. So... Don't be limited by perception, I think. That's what I'm realizing. Yeah, and the top comment here was, the grass is greener where you water it, which is kind of a bit similar to what you were saying. Um, <laughs> one person wrote, it goes by quick. It does go by quick, that's for sure. Um, but yeah, I would agree with that. And I think when I was younger, I cared a lot more about like being popular and having people like me. As I got older, I started realizing it's not about having... Whoever like you, it's about being true to yourself and the people that come into your life will appreciate you for being you, which is fantastic. And now that I'm getting a little bit older, yeah, I'm focusing a little bit more on on my health and eating healthier because, you know, I want in my 40s and 50s and 60s to still be like kicking around and being as mobile as possible. So, yeah, things, your priorities do change as you get older, that's for sure. Okay, so the question on here, how do you add more inspiration into your life? Top top answer here is reading. Whether it be novels, the news, or just magazine clippings, they always inspire me. And Oprah said she wouldn't have known another world from where she came from. She came from kind of a, a messed up family. Mm. Um, 
if she hadn't read. Well, I do definitely agree with that. Like my, I, I would actively try to find inspiration from um, reading nonfiction autobiographies and biographies of people that I admired. So I read Richard Branson, Steve Jobs, Steve Allen's, um, Shania Twain's. Um, so a lot of the man. I feel like a woman. <laughs> yeah, just a lot of the people that I admired their careers and things like that. And I I always drew tons of inspiration from that. And then now it's kind of also filling that with people that inspire me as well. Like I would always actively seek out comedians that had, um, you know, maybe thought I, I could get some advice from them. So I'd invite them out for a coffee or for lunch and uh, just take them out and just kind of pick their brain a little bit and... It was great, you know, just you have to go and actively find ways to be inspired. You know, it doesn't usually just hit you like a bolt of electricity or lightning. Um, you have to go out and cultivate it and, and find it and put it out into the universe. Beautiful. <laughs> okay. Huh. Yeah, I think uh, a, lot, a lot of this is the same sort of theme. Mm. Proactivity is a very powerful muscle. Yeah. And you've got to work it. And even if you feel you're getting no headway... The activity of just starting something is super powerful. Never underestimate the power of starting. It opens up things within uh, your abilities and unconscious that you you, you don't even realise. So don't be afraid and don't be dismayed if you're early in the journey. Hmm. And here's one. Um, I don't think either of us felt that we had a pathetic father, but it said, how do you deal with a pathetic father? So can you... Maybe comment on, I mean, our parents both did get divorced. And was there anything that you felt like um, with your father that you thought, oh, you know, this long term wasn't maybe the great greatest life lessons or, or did you never feel that way? I I live with my mum. So I got to see my dad like once uh, every three weeks. And I always got to see his best side. So I was just thinking he's amazing. So... Oh, he was, you know, he's passed away now, uh, sucks, but, you know, I think, um, I think this, this, this question kind of poses like kind of judgment and kind of the thing like you've mentioned before, like we grow up thinking our parents are superheroes and then when we find out they're human, mm. how do we deal with that? And I think you've just got to have understanding and I've definitely had that with my mother, you know, uh, she was a bit, bit heavy handed with the, with teaching rules and it was more acceptable back in the day mm. so smacking a kid or, or whatever is fine but I think you have to understand where they've come from and don't put expectations don't put all of your expectations into one person you're going to be disappointed that's very true happiness is reality minus expectations mm. so accept someone how they are if they're weak then it's cool because now you've had to be the strong one you're only seeing them weak because you've had to become stronger than them so it's made you stronger. Mm. And it depends on, of course, what the the situation is, because this person said that they'd stopped talking to their father. It's been five years, and to be honest, they don't miss them at all. So I think, I think I've been very lucky or blessed to have the parents that I do, because no matter the mistakes that they make, I know deep down they still love me, and their intentions have always been good, but that's not true of everyone's parents. And... Yeah. You know, if, if you do have a, a parent that is literally toxic or creating um, just a complete feedback loop of, of pessimism, negativity and and abuse, you know, if, if cutting bait with them leads you to have a happier life, then like that's that, that's an option, too, because not everyone not everyone you have to have in your life, even if they're your parent. Yeah. So I thought I was um, 
scraping the bin on this one, but I found some real gold. Oh, okay. And I didn't know what it was. So I'll, I'll ask the question, but then also explain what it is. Because mm. then it, this top comment is pretty amazing. So women who grew up in purity culture and left it, what kind of lasting impact has it had on you? And purity culture is extreme focus on female virginity as a measure of worth. Wow. Idea that young women have to be protected by their fathers, high-level blame being put on women for men's sexual thoughts. Oh, wow. Well, it's funny because like, I, I did reveal this yesterday to someone who asked me if I'd ever been on TV. And I said, well, yes, I was on MTV uh, Canada's Losing It, which is a show about where like five or six people tell the tale of how they lost their virginity. So I guess I would never leave. I would not be accepted in that culture because not only have I lost it, but I also told a story um, on television about it. And of course, it was cut up and it didn't go into crazy details or anything like that. But uh but yeah, no, so I'm definitely not part of that culture. So what did this comment say? Okay, so it says, uh, I grew up Roman, Roman Catholic in a Hispanic house, and my mum made me do a purity promise when I was 14. First of all, I did not wait until marriage, so that purity promise went to shit in my late teens. <laughs> I was very picky about who I sleep with, and I overthink it. Uh, I've, I'm 29, and I've slept with eight people. One of those I'm dating seriously, and one has been a one-night stand so far. The worst is Catholic guilt. I'm a freak in the bedroom, but I have to be very comfortable with my partner before I can let it go. Ooh. After the horniness goes away, I feel like shit. It's so dumb. And I would say Catholicism is a bit hardcore on this. I know a few religions are. But my friend today, I was watching her Instagram stories, and she said, if, if um, loving God is about celibacy then why are plants so prolific you know because they're always at it um right that's nature mm. so i think we've got something wrong somewhere along the lines in these teachings and it's a bit weird and there's i think there's a lot of guilt complexes created out of catholicism i know my mum went to a nun nunnery school mm. and it kind of it wasn't great and she kind of rebelled not in a, i don't know about these sexual things but just in terms of getting married at the age of 17 initially, which is pretty hardcore. Yeah, that's crazy young. But no, I think that as we're getting um, more advances in society, there's a lot of people that are falling out of religion. So don't feel guilty. Gosh, if you go out and you have some fun sex with a, your boyfriend, just gosh darn it, don't feel guilty. Just enjoy it. Suck, <laughs> Get him to suck on your boobs. Okay. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I think that's a different podcast. I think we have to end this one yeah, now. I think we do. All right. Well, it's been lovely chatting, and uh, hit us up on the Twitter and Instagram at Laughing Mountie. Uh, do you want to spell it out? L-O-U-G-H-I-N-G-M-O-U-N-T-I-E. So that's for our Instagram and it's for our Twitter. So if you have any questions for either of us, Josh Odyssey or Michelle Christine, then you're like, oh, I would love you to answer this or whatever or feedback. We're so happy to hear it. So, yeah, feel free to let us know. Thank you. She's from there. He's from here. Hanging together. We make quite a pair. She's left-handed. He's right-handed. Surely not, not to be, be disbanded. disbanded. We, we are the Mighty Mounties. Until next time. Stay awesome.
thought that was pretty good. What do you think? She's left-handed. <laughs> no. He says she's left-handed. You are. <laughs> you, you always get your 